Telecommunication service providers have long sought to graduate beyond commoditized connectivity to business models centered around premium digital services. Telco Cloud Platform in collaboration with hyperscalers is a new tack for operators to earn premiums from services delivered at the edge. But do service providers understand the service models that will help them monetize new digital services from customization for micro-segments of customers and enable premium experiences? Let's find out. Hi guys, this is your host Ashish Jain and you're listening to the Alignment Podcast where we go beyond the buzzwords and connect the dots between technology and its business impact. Meet my guest for today's podcast, Francis Haysom. He's a telecommunication industry veteran with stints at Ericsson, Telcordia and Kramer Systems where he led transformation initiatives. Currently, he's a principal analyst at Appledore where he has worked for the last four years. A PhD from the University of Bath, He has deep knowledge of the impact of software in the telecommunication industry and on the business strategies of service providers. In our discussion today, we will uncover a few things. The importance of cloud platforms and service provider strategy to drive business in the new world of private enterprise networks, 5G and digital services. How can service providers collaborate with hyperscalers and IT ecologies to innovate and generate revenues from new services? what resources, technologies, and skill set they can draw on to make their partnership with hyperscalers mutually beneficial. So without further ado, let me welcome Francis Haysom. Thanks for joining me, Francis. Thank you, Ashish. So I hope that our conversation today helps some of the service providers understand their future in an environment of this converged IT and 5G and how they can benefit from high margin services. So uh, let's start with your background in telecom and uh, what are you seeing in the market? I, 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 th- I think actually what we're seeing in the market is kind of a, a, an innovation crisis in telcos. I think the there's a the telcos have been used to selling a complete service to a customer, having a direct uh, relationship with a customer, uh, and very much um, selling a soup to nuts kind of offer to customers, both in terms of consumer and in terms of enterprise. Um, they're used to providing that on long, long-term contracts. They are looking uh, increasingly, they're used to that that being a long-term contract of which uh, revenue, revenues achieve. And if and in terms of the technology and now the competition from what the CSPs term over the top, but but in reality are actually really just innovative players, um, there's there's a big gap from where they were have been to where they need to be in terms of actually gaining something more than just providing connectivity to these services. So I think there's an innovation gap here. Um, and the other thing I would stress is there's a kind of mentality gap in the in the telcos. A lot of the opportunities are at the edge of what they do or they, they, they will involve part of, of uh, what they can provide. But at the moment, hidden behind that wall of a kind of um, macro-level macro services to the outside world, it's very difficult to extract that value and everything kind of falls back to a kind of commodity service of connectivity. So let's let's talk about some of those gaps, right? So what is, and you mentioned a couple of things, I also, you know, agree with you, there's definitely a gap, right? There is an innovation gap. Um, I, I don't know if there's an innovation gap um, is a perception or is it actual? And and if so, what what is actual and what is perception? Let's let's you know divide that, and and also what steps do the service providers need to take to bridge that gap? 
Okay, so to say, I think it's a, it's, it is a truly an actual innovation gap, but it's not, it's not fundamentally one that is based on a lack of technology or um, opportunity within that technology. It's the ability to see that technology in a different way than you're used to. So there is kind of a, it's fundamentally a cultural and to some extent processes within, within that culture, which is um, preventing or stopping the CSP, you know, true, truly getting that, that next step. Um, in our recent report, actually recently, there, there, there's, a, there's a great example of it, and I, and I, I, I use it candidly, is EE in the UK put up an advert recently where somebody gets shaved at the top of a mountain in the UK um, by a haptic hand in London. And it's a great advert. It's, it's a fantastic <laughs> watch. Um, uh, it, it's, it's obviously completely crazy, but it's a fan, fantastic option. The problem is with that is let, 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 let's, 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 let's assume that actually this is a real service which would make any sense to a, a customer. There's a whole set of things that need to happen to make that service a viable one. It's, unlo- it's unlikely that a barber's chair, chair on the top of a mountain is going to be delivered by EE. It's going to be delivered by, I don't know, the mountain railway or the mountain rescue or whatever is on the top of the service. So somewhere along the lines, you've got to be able to bring that 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 um, external party into the in, into the mix. It's it, you've got different devices. You know, uh, a scaled up barber chair is not going to make EE's revenue for the next year, but a, a hundred or a thousand similar examples of that uh, sold through different ecosystems could. Um, and, and, and that's where I think there's a, there is there's this innovation gap. It's 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 sort of saying look. Look, I, I can't just do what I've done in, in telco typically, which is like I, I sell I sell millions of SIM cards and they're all the same and they, they basically have a, a limit or are unlimited in terms of data and that's just about it. This this one needs to be set up for that barber uh, barber on the top of the mountain because it's it's got to work. Otherwise, the, the guy gets his throat slit at the, at the, at the top. So it's, it's that kind of thinking of, of, right, I now need to expose what I do, all the components of that one, how I can interact with different different devices, different end-to-end communities, different ecosystems, and put that together and do that dynamically. And that's what's missing in the telco. So that's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great example to actually go further on. Um, uh, bad example, bad bad use case maybe, but I think what they're trying to show is, hey, I can have my connectivity available at the top of the mountain, which is kind of representing a fact about a difficult environment and mm-hmm. I can uh, enable a robotic arm to perform. That means I'm able to be very precise and still able to give the performance. So shaving a head on a mountain is probably a, 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 bad, a bad use case or a bad scenario, but I think I understand what they're trying to show. But Going further on that, right, to your point about the ecosystem, um, and you mentioned about, you know, opening up uh, your your network and, you know, interacting with the ecosystem. So let's talk about that, right? So the new set of applications that will be built on these open platforms will, will involve, like, multiple players to enable a digital experience for the end user. Yep. Shaving a head on a mountain is one, you know, AR, VR, application-based applications, for in-stadium experience to watch an NFL game will also involve, you know, a similar use case and multiple parties. 
Now, both the technical and the commercial value chain needs to be seamlessly orchestrated to enable this seamless experience, right? So what do you think will, or I must say, has who, in fact, I would say, who do you think, or I must say, the, the DA, who has the DNA to own this orchestration of the ecosystem and bring these type of applications to the market? Do you think the, the telcos has that DNA to do that? Um, at the moment, I think there are some uh, some you could name around the globe that definitely have that DNA that are, that are thinking about that that differently. In a lot of other cases, they'll they'll need they'll need help to get to get there. So I think I don't think the uh, the future is completely bleak for the telcos, but it, but but the the ones the ones that are leading in this way are the ones that are thinking in the uh, you know the, they're, they're thinking in the same way as the hyperscalers are thinking about the problem. They're, they're thinking about this this as a as a bigger uh, a bigger play with with many more partners um, in terms of working. So I think there are are some in that area. I think the other problem, which is actually you, you hinted at, who 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 will orchestrate this whole thing? I think. There's a degree of we, we need to be a bit careful about this being a kind of god, a god complex. Some somebody is in total command of it. I think who orchestrate, who ultimately orchestrates it is ultimately going to be the person selling the end end service. And as I say, exactly. the telco is not necessary. It says there are certain things that the telco will will definitely want to do, but you're going to have layers of orchestration in that one. You're going to have specializations of orchestration. So the idea that this is, this is kind of like I'm orchestrating everything. It's much more, how am I orchestrating and combining services, um, uh, combining technology and doing that dynamically. And that will vary. And I think also what you're, you'll see actually in the telco and we, 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 we hint at that you're already seeing some elements of this in terms of things like neutral hosts and um, network sharing examples. You'll see many more kind of the telcos themselves, not just disaggregating their technology, but disaggregating their commercial model that it's, it makes sense in one particular geography to use a network sharing to expand my coverage so that I can, you know, we'll go back to our barber in the shopping center. I'm going to need a neutral host in that to make sure that that high quality video is, is uh, video and, uh, and connectivity is, is available to me. So I think you, you will play upon depending on where you are in the world Um what both ends of it, you will see different ecosystems, you'll see different layers of, of it. So I think it's important to say, yes, there's orchestration, there's orchestration all over it. Does one party own everything? No. In fact, actually, the most important thing is you recognize I can build my orchestration into your platform. Sorry, I can provide my capability, which is orchestrated, into your platform. Similarly, I can consume your your capability and combine it and make um, innovative offers. So I think the important thing is to make sure that, that we're, we're, we're seeing this as more of an ecosystem with lots of interchanges of information and orchestration. And, and maybe some elements of the, um, there's another term which is choreography. It's more of a choreography game yes. in terms of these um, the, these the, these terms rather than there's a conductor at the beginning saying this is exactly how it will happen. No, I think that's very well, uh, you know, explained. One of the things, you know, people 
in fact, you know, I'm sure a lot of CIOs or CTOs of the telcos are also trying to figure out is where do they fit in this new value chain, right? And first of all, what is the new value chain and where do they fit? So let's talk about that, right? So this whole idea of uh, new digital, digital applications, whether we call it choreography or orchestration, you know, it is happening one way or the other. I mean, there is also discussions about the need of blockchains to become in the commercial models, right? To, mm-hmm. to that point is how do you make it more automated in such a way that is that so that there is not always a uh, human element involved in trying to figure out what that, you know, uh, the, the the chain of the commercial chain of uh, distribution looks like right there there needs to be an application there needs to be a model defined in such a way that okay i am utilizing your service for a certain extent and there is a certain level of understanding what am i delivering you as part of this particular application apis is a good example right most a lot of cloud providers cloud communication providers have evolved in that direction where they 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 change their networks into a consumption model which mm-hmm. is okay i am utilizing your network or your services for a certain function let's say number of smss number of you know voice processing the minutes i'm using utilizing it for voice processing uh, for speech analytics and all that so i think those kind of commercial models needs to evolve absolutely right in terms of how the telco services or the telco network gets con- gets consumed through these open platforms and the commercial models are defined in such a way whether it's prearranged uh, you know automation or you know if we are lucky to see you know, blockchain getting implemented in this, mm-hmm. um, you know, ultimately that will define such level of orchestrations um, in, in it. And that will actually open up, you know, anyone to be the service owner, right? As long as you are defining the logic of, logic of that application or what that application is and you have a relationship with the customer, you can define your ecosystem and come out with the services. And it will not just be a service provider. I mean, service provider of obviously sit on a gold mine of millions and millions of subscribers, so it's obvious for them to go after that. Mm. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, um, likes of, you know, Google and Microsoft and Facebook and Amazon, they they are, they sit on a similar uh, you know, uh, gold mine of, of subscribers. So they will have their own set of services. So how do you see, I mean, there's a number of collaborations happening now between the operators and and the hyperscalers. What's your opinion on that? Is that heading in a good direction? And where do you see they will define the line between their their value chain, the value uh, value propositions? First, firstly, I think the collaboration is actually very, very necessary. I think we've got to recognize that tel- uh, both the telcos and the uh, network equipment vendors have all um, previously looked at being cloud providers um, and, and, and have retrenched from that, that position. I think the reality is um, the hyperscalers have won the cloud battle. They are so efficient. Why would you buy it from anybody else? So I think the collaboration with the cloud uh, cloud providers, both uh, both at the center and increasingly also at the edge, is 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 a logical is a logical step um, to go. The um, the challenge for the telcos is. Um, you need to taking that that optimized platform. You now need to innovate at the same level, at the same um, a speed as as the cloud providers. Because if you don't, that that platform effectively becomes a kind of Trojan horse. Is 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 I I either as a consumer or probably probably in the short term, more specifically as an enterprise, will 
if you're not innovating and and uh, not only disaggregating, but now aggregating new novel services and making that easy for people is um, if if I either I can get that from the hyperscaler or I can get that from the um, CSP, then I'm going to be looking at who's the best at, at delivering it, who's the most innovative in that area. And that's where I think the challenge is. So it's absolutely right that, that the partnerships are happening in that one. But the telcos need to see that there's a catch in that one, is that they need to accelerate to that that, that kind of innovative innovative layer. Um, at the end of the – you mentioned APIs earlier. At the end of the day, API every there are APIs all over the As to some extent – if you look at uh, the opportunities in APIs, is expose them. That's that's how Amazon made its business. It exposed its APIs. People used them, consumed them, and they made a business model. They made a business model out of that one. Um, you don't see so much of that element within a telco. Is that there's a lot? There needs to be a lot more experimentation. Um, uh, I remember a little while back, and it's 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 become much more the Amazon. Amazon had a, a function called Snowball. Which was effectively mm-hmm. an edge, um, edge, edge device. It had come out of a, a history of uh, originally bringing in a truck to a um, data center and literally sucking the data out of the, um, the, the the center because it was just too difficult to transmit across um, uh, the web. Um, that that evolved into a. Uh, a um, a smaller proposition where you could run a I don't know a server in a uh, music festival for example. Now the, the difference the difference with Amazon is they were selling that as a product. It was available on their website. You could consume it. It was available via an API. I can't think of that level or historically I cannot think of that engagement in the market where you're trying out a product, you're experimenting with a product. And that that behavior needs to be increasing increasing within the CSPs if if you're going to get a balance basically between the hyperscalers or you're going to retrench simply back to a, you're providing connectivity and everything else is on the on the hyperscaler cloud. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. In fact, you know, the value of the platform, you know, so-called platform where we talk about open platforms or these API platforms is really in its uh, network effect, right, of connecting the technology to the innovators. And, um, you know, if you look at any any platform that has really scaled up mass adoption, you know, Amazon is a great example. Uh, communication platform providers, the CPaaS providers is another great example of how it has really changed. Um and I'm I'm hoping the industry will move from a network perspective also in that direction, enabling the mobile operators and the fixed operators to really understand what are they sitting on, you know, in their network and how they can expose that uh, to the community of you know innovators and developers to utilize it. Having said that, there isn't, it's not like to your point. I mean, they have done some of it. Um, it's not that they are you know they, they they don't have anything. They definitely have exposed messaging services in you know mm. over the years. You know they have definitely exposed location services. Um, you know to developer communities. Um, they have exposed you know. A number of other things like that. Uh, now they are investing in IoT platforms and exposing that, uh, whether they are collaborating with likes of Amazon or they have their own. Uh, but those directions are happening. Based on you know recent advancements that we are seeing in private networks, uh, Mac 
and 5G have something, you know, caught your attention in terms of, oh, this looks like a nice set of APIs that the any particular, you know, we don't have to name them, but any particular service provider is already working on and exposing it already. That is revolutionary. Um, I'll, I'll talk to one, one company, I think, in terms of um, specifically changing the behavior of the telcos. I, I don't, I, I, honestly, that there are APIs on there, but I think it's much more um, how some certain vendors are actually enabling um, the CSPs themselves to think in this way of exposing APIs and, make, and getting, them getting them used and consumed by ecosystem partners. I don't, um, just coming back to the, actually the, the little bit of the previous question, I don't think it's necessary that the it, we need to get away from this thinking of I need to own everything. Okay, actually, that the even if it is based on on connectivity, if you can give me some really value added connectivity uh, opportunity, like um, I'll give you an example. I play in a, I, I play the French horn in an orchestra. For eighteen months, I have been unable to play in that orchestra because of COVID. Okay, um, I would have bitten your hand off for low latency communication with my colleagues <laughs> in, the, in the orchestra. It's actually something that the technology that exists today, both on fixed broadband or even even on mobile broadband, but let's let's stick to fixed broadband. You could do that. You can do that today. Okay. Um, you you can do that now. There's lots of there there are there are lots of operational issues on it, but the ability to think about well, could, could I have got that capability out even in a in limited geography in the UK? So for, uh, for example, and tried that with some people. Um, that's that's where that that opportunity comes from because I would pay money for that. I pay value added money to it. I wouldn't necessarily buy it from uh, uh, an EE or an. Uh, uh, a Vodafone, but I would buy that capability delivered by Vodafone from a uh, a sharing app, and 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 it's that it's that thinking is that is that there's base connectivity, there's value added connectivity. Let's go to that first step. Let's expose that capability quickly. Let's try it. Let's see if people use it. Let's see if they, uh, you know. <laughs> Don't don't sit there for two years working out how to do this at scale across the whole country. Try it somewhere. I think that's 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 my thing. Now coming back to um, one one vendor, I, th I think is taking a very interesting um, point here. Is that what they're trying to do is to, is to get that kind of CI/CD, try it, test it, minimum viable product um, theory into the into the way that um, telcos deliver their software, and in essence, they're using their microservices framework and their applications as enablers for those people to to say, right, this is how I can get this this stuff out and, and, and expose it in the network. So that that's probably one of actually the strong, uh, uh, strongest I've seen. Um, I, I, th I think the, the other one I would highlight, which is which I think is um, it, it, it's slightly counterintuitive is, is actually um, taking Rakuten in, the, in, um, in Japan. Which is interesting is that we, we get very het up about standards in 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 telcos, but Rakuten take a very interesting proposition, which is actually to to innovate ahead of the standard. They've created their own API, so that they've integrated for four G with Nokia with the standard that 
that, that is not is not the is not the Iran Alliance standard, but they've they've taken the view that actually having this API exposing this API between between the services is actually much more benefit for them in terms of delivering a service, and they, and they're, they're taking aspects of that further into um, the. Uh, but using the RIC, for example, in, in 5G, mm-hmm. where, again, the standards are not set. But I, st- I want to start using this this thing um, uh, 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 ahead of the curve. And in fact, actually, it's not the wrong thing to do. I don't need to be quite so held to a standard in software as much as I did in hardware. Um, that that's It's much easier to change that API, evolve that API. It's not something that I need to wait for a, a rigid standard where I, I've got compliance necessary in that area. So the, the, it, the, those those two are the, are the area. One, one is enabling a kind of much more iterative CICD, get, expose the capability, expose the API, the other uh, Rakuten, as I say, is is much more looking at this kind of along the lines of using using evolving APIs to better better deliver new innovation uh, ahead of the curve, rather than just simply waiting for the standard. No, I think I think you, uh, it's a great point, and you know I think there's a lot of uh, promise in Rick. Um, you know, overall RAN intelligence is such a such an important area, right? Overall, if you see the shift in how the device ecosystem is evolving, I mean, we're no longer talking about you know mobile phones and IoT devices. Uh, you know, moving uh, cars are software endpoints, right? So yes, and uh, you know, as simple as you know, over the over the air upgrades. I mean, they all need software upgrades from time to time and just having an intelligence of when it's when it's the appropriate time to upgrade it so your your, your card doesn't you know stop functioning if if the connectivity mm-hmm. fails um and, and identifying the right time and the you know where you have the right level of connectivity and what's what's the right opportunity to upgrade it itself is is a big boom right in terms of optimizing yeah. the compute um power compute resources of the card itself De- definitely, my 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 recent experience. I I now have an electric car for a year. It went for its first service. Um, I normally got a SIM card in that car. The only thing the thing it can't tell me is it gets updated manually as far as where the charging stations are. It it its maps are updated manually. Everything about it is manual except for traffic reports. There's there's huge amounts of opportunity if if. Uh, the provider of that SIM could uh, could easily expose those capabilities securely, uh, particularly with, with, with car and firmware, could expose those to uh, the electric car manufacturer. And, and insurance provider. <laughs> and and <laughs> insurance. Uh, yeah, and, and, well, it, it comes back to the earlier point. This is all about ecosystems. It's not necessarily Vodafone as the SIM provider in the in the lead. It's not necessarily my insurance provider in the lead here. It's not necessarily um, Kia as the um, as the auto uh, um uh, car provider uh, in in the lead here. It, it 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 will vary depending on the particular function that I want to use in the car. Um, who is in the lead, and that flex. Uh, if you get flexibility on that uh, uh, and enablement on that one, that's where you're going to make the value uh, value at. Because there's huge. It t- tied up in insurance, that you know the difference in delivering uh, a solution 
um, uh, to an insurance thing in an hour versus a day is the difference between profitability and loss for that insurance that insurance company, or to, or tying it to the right the, the right garage and things like that. So that, again, it's all about the, the the dynamic context being under understanding the different industries, or at least understanding how you can support the other industry. Absolutely. So um, we're nearly coming to an end. So I'm going to frame this next discussion point um, so we can close with some sort of best practices. So we all know, right, Telco gets blamed for being slow, resistant to change, lack of DNA in cloud service, blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, there's some some truth to that, but I also see a lot of shifts in the Telco these days. Um, they're definitely, you know, Pleasantly surprised me lately with the speed at which they are moving. The likes of uh, uh, what I call, you know, AT&T's and Verizon's are collaborating with Amazon's and Microsoft of the world. Mm. Uh, we also see adoption of Open RAN, software-defined networking, cloud-native virtualization in the network. Um, carriers have, you know, embraced uh, shared spectrum, unlike you know, always vying for the license spectrum technologies, and they're moving and adopting CBRS. There are also collab- there are also collaborations happening uh, with major SIs, system integrators, to mm. set up test labs for vertical industries and, you know, players like Icotone, you already mentioned, Dish and even Reliance Geo. Now, they're showcasing the value of open architecture and possibilities to generate new revenue streams from digital applications beyond their, you know, traditional connectivity-oriented services. Mm. So if you take all of that, what is happening around us and summarize it, what should be the two or three most critical steps the broader operator community need to take to transform themselves? I think it, fund- uh, it fundamentally comes down to introducing a this whole new world is enabled by software. So, so the, the the operator needs to be thinking in software terms, not 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 in traditional hardware terms. Um, that's that 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 would be my num- number one uh, area. The second is having a pragmatic um, is having a pragmatic view of risk and cloud the, the the telcos have got a five nines culture and that's a very that's a very strong point for them but the cloud and the nature of the way software works is is very very different it's it's not necessarily that you're striving for a piece of equipment that, that never fails you're instead looking for an application that never fails so thinking in those terms and thinking about thinking much much more about about how the cloud the cloud is inherently a fa- uh, uh, a uh, an arena where you cannot rely on on it working. What how it overcomes that is it enables you to horizontally scale, sw- uh, switch things up, spin up, heal, etc. Et That's the way it gets over it. So telcos need need to embrace that and, and see the opportunities in being much more of a um, moving from the kind of view of a box and certainty to a much more distributed soft, uh, soft, software and healing mentality uh, because it, once they've got that, they're, they're thinking in the same way as the cloud is, is thinking. They, they've got the scalability and they'll start to get the flexibility. Their networks will become more flexible and much more dynamic, whereas if they, if, if they constrain software through the box, that's, that's where it, it goes. And I, and, I, and I think the third, the, the, the third, the third thing is 
um, almost a focus back on what what are you really what are you really good at actually, and and try to be the best at at, at that. Start rather than the the danger is you're still thinking I I I kind of own everything. Is actually look at look look at one way you're profitable, and and secondly. In, invest in that both in terms of automating it, um, making it a much more closed loop, and also in terms of better exposing it. Is, is, you automate that, you make it much more easy to manage, and you can expose that. You can uh, you can expose that in a way that can be consumed by all. So those would be my three um, th- three. There's probably others, but th- those are my, my my sort of three for the telco to focus on. No, those are those are really really strong and um, valuable points, and and I appreciate that. I think I think your last point is very important. That we all live in a very collaborative economy now, and mm. you know we've already seen likes of uh, Uber, Airbnb, and all these guys have shown um, you know what collaboration can do, right? In terms of crowdsourcing information and and bringing different entities together to deliver an end service. Um, so definitely, I think we are we are heading towards that, and hopefully, we will see much more um, innovation in in having the right partners collaborate and bring these digital experiences to the end user. At the at the end, I think it will all depend on the mindset. And yeah. if you have the right mindset to play in this, uh, and to your point, don't try to get stuck to I want to own everything, but look at what you're good at and how you can monetize that and bring it to the table in this digital ecosystem. So with that, I think uh, great discussion. Uh, really, really appreciate your time. And I hope uh, our audience liked the discussion. Thank you. That's great. Thank you very much, Ashish. Great discussion, Francis. Your recommendations for Telco to play valuable role in the new digital ecosystem are spot on. Unleashing from the traditional telco mindset, adopting a software-based approach, and thinking collaboratively is the mantra for success. Thanks once again for sharing your insights. Thanks everyone for listening. Please subscribe to the Alignment Podcast on your favorite platform. It's A-L-Y-N-M-E-N-T. We hope you will continue the conversation by asking questions and sharing your thoughts on the cloud evolution we see in the telecom service providers. Feel free to reach out to me at ashish.jain at kairospulse.com or drop me a note on my LinkedIn. Till next time, have fun and enjoy the fall colors.